The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. You have to find your brand, which is the most annoying thing in the world to say because it took me so long to find my brand. But like, that's the point is you have to come in with intention and find your brand, but you can give yourself the space to find your brand within just exercising through, like just do. You have to be unapologetically authentic. You, you just have to tell everything from your truth. That doesn't mean it's the truth, but it's your truth. Because the times when I really reg- had regrets on the radio was when I was speaking somebody else's truth. And then when you will always get criticism, no matter what. Taylor, what an intro. Thank you for that drum roll. That was a fun little piece of nostalgia for you. We are back with the Skinny Confidential. Him and her show, you have me, Lauren Everts. I am the creator of the Skinny Confidential, a blog brand, and obviously a podcast. And I'm Michael Bostic. I am the co-founder and CEO of the podcast network, Dear Media, putting female voices and narratives at the forefront of conversation. And then we have Taylor, our producer, who's clicking away, probably watching porn behind the uh, wall. Who knows what he's doing over there? When I built this studio, I put that giant wall up. And typically, studios have the like little window that you could see through, but I did not want to see it, so I just put the giant wall. Taylor, how are you doing back there? Oh, shit. It's not activating. Of course. you got to activate. You always got to be active. Honestly, we've had quite a day. I think we've been in the studio for probably six of the eight hours that we've been in the office today. Jesus so. Christ, man. That's a, that's a lot of porn what, for you. What, what, you got, you, how how loud is your mic there? You want to make sure you're heard. I mean, you almost just blew my eardrums out. Is it really that loud? God, God damn, man. Yeah, right, for some, I have it turned down in my headphones. Taylor had a, a white, drippy, creamy pasta for lunch. Can you hear it in his throat? Ugh. It was really good, actually. Oh, you know, a lot of people are probably victims of this. When you go to a restaurant and you think that it's bad because you just order incorrectly... Well, I don't do that anymore because now we've been to this restaurant three times and both dish or all three dishes were fucking home runs. All right. We don't need your whole life story, buddy. Guys, I am super excited about this podcast with our friend Taylor Strecker. I have been I've been hearing from Lauren, from a lot of women in this network about Taylor. Taylor, if you're listening, I've been hearing about you for a long time. She's an all star. All star. She was on Sirius XM for, and you're going to hear it in the interview for what nine years? How how long was she doing it? She was, every day. Yeah, she, I think she's been in audio for 13 years, which I have massive respect for. I think now all of a sudden podcasting and audio is like the hot new thing. But Taylor's really been a practitioner for the last 13 years, and I think that's really admirable. Rock star on the mic. One of those rare scenarios where you don't have to have any prep work. I mean, we always prep. But you, you could sit back with a piece of hay in your tooth and do nothing. You could sit back and just be wowed by her prowess on the mic. That's yeah. Pretty good. That's, that was pretty good. Prowess on the mic. Hear that, Lauren? That yeah. Good. Okay. Did you like Google? Like no, I just that uh, right off the top of my head. Maybe okay. I'm getting there. I'm picking up a few things from Taylor. Taylor. Thoris. How was that? Um, okay. So, anyways, I think that Taylor, uh, if you listen to her, she's a true, um, a true master at the craft of audio, and it is really nice to be able to podcast with someone where you truly don't have to worry. I mean podcasting is an art it's a dance you have to know when to talk you have to know when to shut up you have to know the right questions to ask you have to know sometimes the right answers to say so to have someone that just really gets it is fun for the show listen sometimes you get some fucking duds and i'm probably getting in trouble for that no, we've done sometimes two- you get some fucking duds we get, we've done 200 of these things and sometimes you just get a dud and you're sitting there and you're like come on give me something here give me something yeah I'm trying to pull it out of you and yeah. trying to get you to shine on the mic i always want someone to educate entertain inspire and if they're not doing that i'm asleep on the floor and i'm bored don't want to put your feet to sleep. Taylor does not fail to do that. Actually, both Taylor. Oh, Taylor, both Taylors. I'll give you that compliment, Taylor O'Connor. Oh, Taylor, you do not Taylor, fail. But Taylor Strecker definitely doesn't. No, Taylor Strecker definitely doesn't do that. But I feel like Taylor O'Connor, our producer, has been thinking the whole time we've been talking about him. No, we have not. Honestly, I was Whoa. actually going to chime in at the very end. <laughs> God damn it, dude. I told you. I was confused that they're not talking about me. Taylor, no one can hear you with that uh, white linguine. If you're not, if you're confused back there on how to turn a mic headset down or how to turn your volume down, maybe that's another thing we should talk about, Taylor. You're about to blow my eardrums. Okay, I adjusted it. 
You sound like the Blair Witch Project. Well, don't come in all breathy, all right? It's so, it's so creepy. It's so weird. Well, we have another Taylor on the show today. Like we said, Taylor Strucker, she is the host of Taste of Taylor. She is a badass motherfucker. I will say that. She is the queen of audio. She comes with a lot of stories and a lot of experience. She was on Sirius for nine years. And now, like I said, she has her own podcast. Welcome to the show, Taylor Strucker. Everybody, I have an announcement to make during this quick break. Lauren and I are not getting divorced. And you know why we're not getting divorced? Because we both carry Go Macro Bars at all times on our person. And we're not hypoglycemic, everybody. We are fulfilled, filled up, and ready to go. Do not leave home without a peanut butter and chocolate chip Go Macro Bar. And here's why, okay? How many times have you been in the airport or driving in an Uber or driving in the car or on a road trip and your husband's bitching and complaining about being hangry? Really? Because it's happened to me 850,000 times. And it has happened to me 851,000 times, Lauren. Guys, these bars, honestly, the entire time we were in New York and I was running around the whole time, so it was Lauren, we're... We're my go-to. Like we obviously we partner with this brand. We love them, and they sent all of these products. And I just was munching these things down all day long on the subway. Didn't have time to stop and eat. They are so fulfilling. Mother daughter owned. Love it. They're all made with sustainable grown ingredients, plant based. In over twenty five thousand stores nationwide now. So obviously they're doing something right. Why I'm obsessed with Go Macro, and I feel so good about recommending it to the audience, is that their ingredients are their top priority. They really, really carefully select fresh, wholesome, delicious ingredients. Everything's 100% plant-based and it's organic, like I said, non-GMO. Um, and you can feel good about giving it to your husband when he's acting hangry. Although I would like to give you cyanide too. Well, let's not do that. One of the brand taglines which they stand behind and we have verified is the ingredients are grown, not made. Grown and not made. Guys, you got to try these bars. I'm telling you, they're a game changer, especially if you're in a contentious marriage like myself where your wife can get hangry at any moment. And also... If I'm being honest, where I can get hangry at any moment. So to try them out, go to gomacro.com and a promo code SKINNY for 30% off and free shipping. Again, guys, gomacro.com and enter promo code SKINNY for 30% off plus free shipping. That is hard to beat. Try out the chocolate chip peanut butter bar. Check it out. And here's a hot tip. Definitely get the macro bar minis because they fit in your handbag. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. When you get out of podcasting, or I guess it wasn't podcasting, live radio for four hours, are you drained mentally? Beyond. And like, that's why my social media, I feel like my numbers are kind of not as high as they should be because I had nothing more to give. I was like, I just bared my soul for four hours and I have to do it again tomorrow. Like, I can't tell you what the fuck else I'm feeling on my Instagram. When you're live and you said something that you wanted to put your foot in your mouth, what do you do? Go home and cry. Like, there's no editing. You just, no. you do just you say have, like, done. Do you have like stories of things that you've said? Do I have stories? I like, mean, give us an example. My mom used to call me for an, a year and a half straight and yell at me every single day. I was embarrassing her. I was working for Cosmopolitan Radio. So I launched Cosmo Radio with Sirius XM like in 2006. And it was like the first female focused radio show at Sirius. Like they kind of weren't in that like female space. And we were determined to find this like missing female demographic of 18 year olds to 34 year olds that just disappear from radio. And we found them with, you know, our show and also with, of course, the backing of Cosmopolis Magazine. It's like the number one women's selling magazine in the world. So well, I had to talk about sex because it's fucking Cosmo. And sure. my mom is a very conservative Catholic woman. And so I was telling a story one time about how my friend gave a blow job and the guy said to her, you took it like a champ. Now what my mom didn't know and not until this moment knows was that that was person was me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey mom. So, and, it, but I was like, just trying to tell a story, but I even was like, Oh yeah, you know, my friend. And then my mom, <laughs> she, so she called me thinking it was even a friend. And she said, you know, I'm just so disappointed in you and your little brother's in the car. He's 11 years younger than me. And I was like, okay. And she goes, and your brother, Zach asked me today, is Taylor a sinner? And I was like, get the fuck out of here. And I said, first of all, you're a sinner for letting a child listen to Cosmopolitan Radio. Number two, leave me alone. And number three, my radio show is not a report card of your parenting. But she had a really hard time with that for like years. I mean, years we went through it. And eventually she just like understood it and got it and got over it. And now I'm late in life lesbian and she just like has given up entirely. I, I need to hear about this late life <laughs> lesbian story because I think Making if me switch, and Michael break up, I'm, I'm going to um, become a late in life lesbian. <laughs> 
it's, you know, there's this. We'd love to have you. No, Michael, this morning when he woke up, I swear on my life, if you if you say I'm well, lying. Well, listen, I'm no, working on a little. He lost his wallet for one minute. No. I'm in my room meditating with my lemon water with mint in it. <laughs> and he's running down the stairs. Shit, shit. I lost my shit. I lost my wallet. Do you, do you know where my wallet is? I literally looked at him. Um, Taylor, turn my fucking <laughs> headphones down. This is getting loud. Um, no, yeah, I run hot in the morning. I get going. You know, yeah, I so just, I'm going to become a late life lesbian because I can't deal with the mornings with a man. <laughs> Listen. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I like actually am considering it. I'm telling you, it's uh, it is nice. It has its perks, but I will say it also has its downturns too. Like it, what? It's so emotional. It's oh my so god! Emotional. I mean, we're, it's two girls, and it, it's like girl insecurity, and like also. Even though you're a couple, there's more competition when you're the same sex. I swear. I can't whoa, speak whoa, whoa, for gay men. Like, what do you mean? Because, okay, so like you guys are a, a beautiful couple. You look very nice together. But like, Who if you looks better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't even say that because he's a guy and you're a girl. But uh, if you're both girls, uh. it's pretty easy to be like, that one's better or that one's better, right? Because you're the same gender. Huh. So that's the competition I'm talking about. And my girlfriend wins hand over foot every fucking time. Your she's, girlfriend's beautiful. Let me let you in on a little secret. Yeah, she's hot. Let me let yeah. you in on a little Lauren wins hand over foot every time too. So we're in this, we're in the same boat. Oh, I get so it. Now see, now we're in a club Well, together. you have a perpetual <laughs> pepper in your tooth. So that's probably why I win. <laughs> I, uh... So so you were married. Yes. To a man. To a man. Okay, so walk us through. How, like, how old are you when you get married? Did you so, know you were a lesbian when you got married? No, n- not at all. So I never was like I was I'm such a sexual prude I still am to this day I walked in here and there was like dildos everywhere I know well we just <laughs> right before we were interviewing um, the Doc Johnson founders and um, yeah there was literally 15 dildos on like, the table I, I almost <laughs> ran out of here I was like the stinger like vibrators everything <laughs> so I was always kind of like prudish like I said like raised by very like conservative Catholic parents my parents were virgins when they got married they also got married at 21 wow. because they probably wanted to have sex but nonetheless it was like they kind of had and still together this, and still together. Wow. And so they kind of had this like template of perfection that I just assumed I would kind of mimic throughout my life. And so my therapist believes that I was like so entrenched in this idealistic trajectory that I didn't even let myself go there sexually. Like I was like, it was like, it was like I was shut down. But I remember now if I like go back looking at like the way I'd look at like older girls or like friends of mine, I was like, I would be like obsessive, but I thought that I like wanted to be them. Like I'd like look at them and I'd be like, oh, I wish I looked like her, had her legs or had her style. But now in retrospect, maybe I'm like, oh, maybe I was like attracted. And I just like flipped that attraction into just being like, oh, I may, you know, I don't like me. I wish I was like her. But anyway, so I dated guys and I like never, my mom was always like, you don't date guys that are good enough for you. And it's like, I don't understand like your taste in guys. And she just was so confused by it. And now in retrospect, I'm like, well, maybe I was picking guys that I knew weren't right for me because I like deep down inside knew that like it was never going to work out with them. You were I, right for them. I Exactly. I never really liked sex. I, it was kind of like something I did for the guy, you know? Uh-huh. So, but I just thought all girls did that. I was like, don't we all hate sex? So then I end up working for fucking Cosmo magazine, talking about sex constantly. And you're married at this point? And I'm single at this point. I met, I call him husband. Was my husband. Wasbend. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call you when I'm on my second <laughs> husband. Or girlfriend. Or Listen, wife. I, uh, we'll wait for the day. Wait for the day. My husband. My husband. I know, it's like, it's a term of endearment. Yeah, I don't Lord, think he Lord likes it so Lord much. Lauren puts a tough exterior, but like, she, crum- she crumbles like a coffee cake if she hasn't seen me for a while. You know, she's like, I, I see her, you know. If I'm gone for a few days or I'm not around, she, she adores crumbles. you. I know. Uh huh. Uh huh. I haven't kept her around this long for. You know. <laughs> so I met him while I was on the radio. So, and he was really cool about the radio job and like cool. We're talking about all the stuff. And so that was very appealing. He was also a wealthy, like sweet, n- nice Jewish boy. If someone describes me as sweet or nice, I, like just slit my wrist. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't know if anybody really describes you that way, Lauren. I sure as hell don't. He was like the chubacabra of dating in New York, you know? It was like, oh, a guy who's successful that's not a dickhead? Amazing. And he like wined and dined me and we traveled all over the world. And it was kind of like a whirlwind. Like, I don't think we even fucking knew each other. And then he was like, let's get engaged. And I was like, okay, because we're living together and my super strict Catholic parents are going to freak out when they find out that I'm lying to them and I'm living with you. So we got engaged. It was like a year and a half that we dated, a year and a half engagement. And I called the wedding planner like leading up three months prior to the wedding and I said I need to postpone the wedding 
and she was like, not an option. You cancel. That's okay. Or you go through with it. The postponement is like, it's, it's all the punishment of canceling without the benefits. So just like make your decision. And so I was like, I was 25, 27. I'm looking at my manager. Like he's like younger than me. Like he was like in his like, like, I don't fucking know. He's like, I was like, yeah. In utero at that point. I don't don't know. You're old. Um, I was like, I think 20. Yeah. I got married 27 and I knew it was wrong, but I didn't have the courage to call it off. And so then we spent the next five years in therapy, hashing it through. And then finally I just like called uncle. That sounds rough. Hold on. So when you're in this marriage for five years, at any point in these five years, were you like, I'm a lesbian? Never, never, So it's almost like you like stuffed it down and didn't acknowledge it. Yep. Stuffed it all the way down to my lesbian vagina. So then, okay, so so you end up getting a divorce. So I get a divorce. We get separated. Long time coming. And at the time of my separation, I had, like, the self-awareness to say, you need to start picking people in your life who are not his people, who are your people. Because I kind of got, like, I got engrossed in his world so much. And I kind of lost my own identity. I still kept some of my friends. What, is, what of does that look like? It looks like me just like living his, in, in his world. He was like born and bred in Manhattan. I mean, he lived, grew up in Jersey, but like went to a private school in Manhattan. It was like gossip girl, you know? Oh my God. You it, were like Blair. T- I was totes Blair. <laughs> Actually, no, I was more like the kids from Brooklyn. <laughs> oh God. I had to be Jessica Zor. I'm her. What was her name? Michael doesn't know anything about that. <laughs> no, but it seems, it seems funny. Is Michael Chuck Bass? <laughs> yes, and you're welcome. Okay. Is that a good, that's a good thing. Taylor, I'm, who the hell is Chuck Bass? Taylor, pull him up on the screen. When they're talking, when they're doing these things, Taylor, I need you to be pulling shit up on the screen so that I can keep up. Anyway. I think it's a compliment. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it as that. So, yeah. So, I'm, like, living this, like, New York City life. I remember my mom and my sister even said to me, like, you just get so absorbed in the people who you date's world. Like, it's like, you, do you love us? Like, you just, like, abandon us. My friends would probably say the same thing too. I mean, I always still kept in contact, but I was like very immersed in his world. Like I was going to convert to Judaism and like all his friends became my friends. Like my entire wedding party was like his sisters and like his people. And then last minute I pulled in some of my people because that's when I started to realize like I'm getting sucked into this world. It's not making me happy. And like, I have to start like, it's like a lifeline to my former life are to you like save to, me. Are you that happens to a lot about of people, this? though. It does happen to a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people get sucked into other people's lives and they look around a year or two later and they're like, holy shit, where did all my people go? Where exactly. are all my friends? Do I like even, do I even like doing this? Yeah. Like, do I want to be at this dinner? Like it's, you know, that's what happens. People get stuck in this. Okay. Like you're supposed to travel. You're supposed to get married. You're supposed to do these type of things. Then you look around and you're like, wait a minute. I don't like any fuck of this. Fuck what you're supposed Literally. to do. I hate that. I Literally. fuck what you're supposed to do. I think everyone needs to just do what works for them. I know. And that's, well, and that's what I, I came to that recognition and that realization. And I was like, okay, so that, that, but that was like a slow build to get the courage to say, I'm going to step out of this. You know, like I remember I would sit down with my prenup every single day and be like, can I afford to get a divorce? Like for real, like, can I do this on my own? And so finally I was just like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like I just have to figure it out because this is, I am, I am miserable. I'm sad about the future. I'm just not happy about life. And I'm like a happy person. So I started to make conscious decisions to build friendships with women, not from a lesbianic standpoint, but from just like an empowering standpoint who made me feel celebrated, not tolerated. Cause I felt very tolerated in his world and underappreciated. And so I started to meet all these new, amazing women and kind of like for my own, like, I don't know, female support friend group that they like was like unbeknownst to them. And one of those friends was this girl named Taylor Donahue, and she, I never, I didn't realize it, but we, we formed a fast friendship. She worked with me on my blog. She was my videographer. We just clicked. And then like a f- couple months later, I kept trying to set her up with one of some of my husband's did friends. You, did you like feel any attraction towards her? Well, when I first saw her, I remember I saw her and I thought, Ugh, who's this tall, skinny, blonde bitch that thinks she's better than me? I don't like her. And then when I found her name was Taylor, I liked her even less because I'm like, I'm Taylor. So <laughs> I didn't, I actually didn't like her at all. I was like very competitive. But then after I saw what she could do work-wise, I was like, okay, I'm actually impressed with her. And then I heard through the grapevine that she was like really young, really inexperienced. And so I was like, oh, I can financially take advantage of her and get her to shoot cheap for me for my blog. So I was like, I called her one day and I was like, how much are you going to charge? She was like, like $100 to shoot and edit. And I was like, what? You idiot. So I hired her. And God then, damn it, Taylor Donahue. 
<laughs> so then we became, we bonded through working together. I kept trying to set, so then I was like, I like this girl. I'm going to bring her into my world. So I'm going to set her up with one of husbands, at the time husbands, friends. And then she's going to be able to like be a person that's around me all the time. Cause she, I like, she's light and love and laughter and I adore her. And then one of our mutual friends said, please stop setting her up with guys. She's a lesbian. It's getting uncomfortable. And she had yet to tell me that. So our friend said, when she tells you in her own time, act surprised. So I was going to Florida, Soho House, for um, New Year's Eve with husband. And we were at the point in our relationship where we were fighting so much, it was almost better to have people around us, like, constantly. So she, Taylor Donahue, was shooting a video with me and Stassi at my apartment for my blog. And husband was there. I think I saw that. It was, it's called Stupid Olympics. No, because I know that wasn't it. I needed a visual of you when I heard you on Stassi's podcast. Yes. And so I went and Googled your name and there was a video. And that could have, that could have been that. Maybe. We were standing at like a white counter. Maybe. Were you guys making uh, alcohol? Yes. Yeah, that was Always. It. Always. Well, actually, there's always alcohol involved, so it could be any given day. And Tay was shooting it, and we were talking about, like, our plans for the holidays. And husband said, so Taylor was also a nanny at the time. And so she's like, I'm going to be in, like, Jupiter. I have no plans for New Year's Eve. I'm such a loser. And husband was like, you should come stay with us in South Beach. We have a couch in our room. Just, like, spend the, week, the night with us for New Year's. And she was like, okay. Cut to New Year's Eve. She's like heading to us. Was and I are fighting, and 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 I'm like, thank God this girl's coming because like it'll even us out. So she ended up spending the night in our hotel room, New Year's Eve. Okay, like two and a half months, three months before we got separated. Do you know how bad that looks? Meanwhile, it was like so innocent. Nothing happened. There was no like wild threesome. Are you att attracted to her at this point? No. So at this point, I know she's gay, but she doesn't know I know. This so is grounds for an exciting movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So she comes out to me at dinner. So we had like a big group dinner. We're at the end. Cause like, she's my, my guest. And she's like, Hey, I have something to tell you. And I was like, Oh God, here it comes. She's like, I'm gay. And I was like, oh, what? And then I was like, you know, it makes me really sad that you have to worry about identifying your sexuality and new friendships. Like, that's so unfair. I don't have to, meanwhile, this is me thinking I'm straight. I said, I don't have to identify like I like sucking dick, even though I don't like in my new friendships. And she was like, yeah, well, whatever it is, what it is. And I was like, and honestly, in the moment I was like, I am so cool. I have a lesbian who's my friend. Cause I had gay guys that are my friends, but never lesbians. So that's where I was. But then that night I did kind of feel like, Oh, she has a crush on me. Like I had like one of those moments, which is obnoxious. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about Honey. Okay. I first heard about Honey through my assistant, Emily. She was saving my life. She kept coming to me saying, I'm saving you so much money whenever you have me order something. So what I do is I have an email between her and I. It's it's just an email just for orders. So if I want to order something, uh, you know, for the business, I'll send it to her. And she installed this thing on her computer. And what it does is basically it gives you deals on everything that you're shopping. It automatically connects to your computer's browser. So it scans the internet anytime you shop online. So it looks for sales, discounts, coupon codes. There's nothing worse when you're about to check out and you have to go look for the code. This just applies the magic. It's, it's kind of like a magic wand. There's also nothing worse after you check out and you realize you could have saved a bunch of money. True, true. And so Emily's been saving us money with this. I now installed it on my own computer. I have to say I'm a big fan. They have thousands of sites on there, guys, like Nordstrom, Sephora, Ulta, Urban Outfitters. And like I said, Emily's been using this for the last year, and it's it's really, really been a big difference in my business. It is the biggest shopping hack because you literally don't have to do anything. Just install it, shop around, and it'll let you know when you can save money, when you can get a discount. So my latest thing that I just bought was this NARS lip gloss, okay? It was on Sephora, and Honey saved me a bunch of money. It's basically free money, everybody. Honey has saved its 10 million members an average of $28.61 every time they save. So that's a lot of money to be saving. And for you guys, you can try it as well. You can save money too. So next time you're getting ready to buy anything online, install Honey first and make sure you're really getting the lowest price available. You can add Honey for free at joinhoney.com skinny. That's joinhoney.com skinny. Honey, the smart shopping assistant that helps save you time and money. And here's another hot tip, guys. Just install it on your husband and boyfriend's computer <laughs> and you'll be saving money. Joinhoney.com skinny. What did she say about that moment? She's like, back. fuck you, no, I didn't. <laughs> and she made out with like three different girls. So like, who, like, I'm That ridiculous. happens to me too. Whenever I get gay friends, I'm like, they must, they, they must. <laughs> well, obviously me. they do. And then, um, <laughs> then I get let down. They're like, no, dude, not you. I'm like, all right, fine. Do you know what Stassi said when I came out to her finally? Wait, did you ever 
have like a crush on me? And I said, no. And she's like, that's the rudest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> I feel the same way when I find that out. So then that, you start questioning, like, what the hell's wrong with me? Yeah, like, why am I not attractive to these? Uh, what boxes am I not checking? <laughs> you know? So yeah. So anyway, so that was that. And then a few months later, I was out with Taylor, just friends, and I said, I'm getting a divorce. I'm. I, I saw a lawyer. I'm separating from my husband, and I, I can't do this anymore. And she was like, I'm so shocked because we were really good, I guess, at hiding that fact. And. So my lawyer said to me at the time, you need to pack a bag of like all your like valuables because I can't recover things like engagement rings and wedding rings and things like that, gifts over the years that, you know, maybe somebody's sister-in-laws feel that they don't deserve and come steal. If my lawyer told me to pack a box of valuables at Michael's Fuck house, man. I would go get a U-Haul. <laughs> and I would fucking, I would be, I would take that safe and I would freaking crane it. I would wipe out the entire house. You would come home, I would have taken a fucking toilet paper. <laughs> Just so you know. I have no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> So I took like a duffel bag. <laughs> I took a knapsack. Literally. I took uh, this purse and I thought, who do I trust enough to leave my Chanel bags with? Taylor Donahue. So I left them at her apartment and she was really like a staple and a rock for me throughout my entire separation. I mean, I was like, I was couch hopping because we, my husband and I were like living in this great apartment in Tribeca, but it was just like very weird to be separated and living together. Like we were both going out drinking, coming home and he was like, Hey, want to have sex? And I was like, I don't want to have sex. When we were married. Why would I want to have sex now? Well, I can understand <laughs> that. Sometimes it's like, even it's like, you know, something a little hot about it. like, we already, this thing went up in flames. You might as well just, you know. Yeah. Get, Get the good part in. Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> Maybe we should get in a fight today. Listen, when Lauren and I get in a fight, there's one thing I can count on is that when we make up, it's going to be good sex. That's like, true. Every time. That is true. I cannot say the same for my marriage. I will go. <laughs> Sometimes we just go and I'll just get an intentional fight. Uh, I know. We were going to get in a fight when you interrupted my meditation. Take the, take some of that anger out of me. Sorry. We're, get, we're, getting, we're getting a little sidetracked here. So then I was just staying with Taylor a lot, spending a lot of time with her. And one night we were out and I had seen her flirt with girls, kiss girls in our friendship. And then one night she, she was like holding hands with this girl, this bar, and they kissed and I got insanely jealous. And I was like, oh no, what is this feeling? So in my drunken state, I was like, I got really jealous of that girl. I wanted to kiss you. And she was like, oh no, ma'am, no. And she said, you are a straight person, a confused, going through a divorce, straight person. And also I lose interest in people in two seconds flat. I am like your best friend in the world right now. And like, if that you happens, or she. You, you or her, she was mine. And she okay. was like, no, she loses interest. You in lose people. interest in people. No, she's other Taylor. Other Taylor. Isn't okay. very confusing. Sorry, we can call sorry. Taylor Teddy. Sorry, That's I'm her nickname. I'm, I'm going to do a better job. <laughs> no, it's no, really. It's, it's our fault being named Taylor mutually. Also, you guys have a Taylor here. This name. Yeah, Taylor. That's a, that's a different Taylor than uh, you two Taylors, so. <laughs> yeah. so, um I have never been insanely jealous of Taylor kissing anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Taylor. That's good to know. That's yeah. good to know. So we ended up, she basically rejected me, and I felt embarrassed and, and foolish. And then, like normal people, we just acted like it never happened, and... Then though, when we would drink and like go out, she would be very flirty with me. And so then we eventually went away for a work trip together because she was shooting video for me. And we were sharing a room because when I booked the room, we were just friends working together. And so there was one bed because that's not weird, right? And then, so I guess I get like Harvey Weinstein to her because I made her watch me shower and shit. No, I'm kidding. Um, that's when we hooked up. <laughs> so that was the trip. Were you guys drunk? Oh, yes, definitely. But <laughs> once we crossed that line, like it was like, we're doing this and now we're like committed to each other. And did you feel so much happier having sex with a woman than you did with a man? I felt so bad that I gave as a host of Cosmo Radio to women for over a decade, the advice that if you like sex, you're lying or like stupid. I had to come out and like a mass apologize and be like, I get it now. Sex is great. Wow. Yeah. So it would totally. So if you're listening and you don't like sex with a guy, Maybe try a couple more guys try just in case. Try a couple more guys and then switch to your friend. Yeah, give it a shot. Give it a shot. How, yeah. does, how does okay? Let me ask you this. Yes. How does the husband feel about all this now? Like, I, what is, does he does he look back and be like shit that like that I contributed to this or like does he feel bamboozled or like what's I, good terms, bad terms? Not speaking terms. Okay, it's um, not great. But when I did come out, so so Taylor and I were together for like. 
I would say a year before I came out on my radio show. So I came out to my audience a year after I announced the divorce and a year after Taylor and I were together. So, because the divorce took a while to like get finalized when and I couldn't announce it until out, a judge you, you signed You said it. you were dating a woman or you said I'm gay. I'm and dating a woman. And that so, was like, it was like that. So like, do you, I'm in you love identify as gay now if someone were to ask you? I don't really know. Because you've been with one person. I've been with one person. I've never been and have not since been attracted to any other women like that. So what about I, me? I know. I'm sorry. You're in the same boat as Stassi. Every single girl has to that. <laughs> Lauren, this isn't always about you, okay? <laughs> I, I still, I like, I don't like the term bisexual because I think it's like a scary word. Like, I feel like when you're like, I'm bisexual, it means you're like greedy in sex. And it's very unfair for me to say that because I'm not trying to be offensive. You don't or have like, to identify as anything. You should just identify as you. So I identify as Taylor sexual. I'm only attracted to people named Taylor. Okay. No, I, Taylor. I think I, I, but what did we coin it when we first? Oh yes. I coined a new term and it's called labelless love. I love labelless love. Do you love. like that? I, I'm so labelless cheesy. love too. Yeah. I'm labelless. Yeah. It's like, I fall in love with the person. Yeah. I guess that would make me pansexual. Love, for me, I fall in love with energy. I think that that, that, I get that. that sounds like labels, energy. Labels get dangerous. Labels are very dangerous. Yep. I, I like labelless. Let's call it that. So I, I'm a, I'm a labelless lover. Okay. So go, but I want to hear back to husband. What's going on. So he's, so what? So I went, I came out on the air and was been texting me the very next day and said, I wish I still had the text. I wish I like had saved it somehow in the cloud. But he basically said, I can paraphrase. I have a great memory. He said, I just want to congratulate you on what you did. And that takes a lot of courage. And I'm happy if you're happy. That's nice. Okay. Then he wrote next comma. Stop talking about my family. So what happened was when people, when I came up, my friend, my friend. But I think that's somewhat reasonable. No? Yes? Well, yes. Because you're a public person. Well, yes. But my listeners were like, oh, so this is why you got a divorce. You're gay. And Uh. I'm like, no. We got a divorce because him and I and his family could not make it work. And so I was like very steadfast and like, that was the reason we got a divorce. This is an entirely separate thing. And so that's why I was talking about the family because I was saying I didn't get along with his family and there was all this turmoil. And that's the reason why we got a divorce. But when I actually came out to my mom or my mom made me come out to her, she said, do you love Taylor? And I was like, oh my God, I'm in my thirties. I'm going to lie to my mom right now. And when I told her, it was like, we like went back to when I was 17. Like she was like trying to ground me. She was so mad at me. See, I guarded myself. You? I yeah. guarded myself against all this because I knew Lauren was out there and she's saying a lot of wild shit, right? She's calling me Susan and she's running around and doing <laughs> these skits. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, I'm going to be in a position here where if this girl gets out there, she could just say anything and people won't know. So now I was like, listen, I'm getting on this fucking mic and now I'm telling my <laughs> side of the story so that she can't. Listen, if I become a husband, yeah. I got a platform now. I'm going to be like, listen, yeah. this is me. Yeah. And I can answer back. I'm literally See, projectile vomiting right now. You're so I'm smart. I'm covered now. I'm covered. <laughs> so be careful what you put out there on the interwebs, Lauren, because and Michael's taking I'm out notes here. in his head. Right? I'm out here. <laughs> so you and husband are not on speaking terms. So anymore. that was the end of it. And then we kind of got into this fight about like what I'm allowed to talk about. And I said, listen, my mom was the most upset though when I came, when I, when I said I was taking Taylor, because she said, now your ex-in-laws are going to claim to everyone no responsibility and it was the, the reason that you guys are no longer together is because you've always been a, yes always been a lesbian and she's like and that's not the truth and so my mom's very about like justice and right and wrong and like consequence so I, I mean Catholic right so I understood her perspective on that but I mean you have to get to a place where it's like well who cares like people who matter don't mind and people who mind don't matter it's like if you don't believe my story then you're not my people's anyway if you believe their version that, that I left their amazing brother and their amazing family because I'm a big old lesbo, fine, that's on you. You're not my my people's anyway. But yeah, so that was the end of us speaking because we kind of got into a fight and I was like, thank you for reminding me why I got a divorce from you. And we haven't spoken in like, God, that must be like, yeah, that's like three years now. So now you're living with Taylor. Living with Taylor. I'm happy. I'm sure you're happier than ever. So happy. I mean, listen, we're in a relationship and obviously there's ups and downs and we fight, we're human. But like, I mean, the happiness is just like off the charts. Like I was a very... I was sad and scared for the future before, and now I'm, like, so excited for everything that's to come. You should be so excited. I feel like everything that's happened with your new podcast and Sirius, you're, like, moving forward and into the future. And I feel like you've been on the pulse so much with audio for 13 years. Thank you. It's a long time. It's a long time. I mean, that's 10 years longer than we've been doing this. And I can't—I mean— 
three years feels like forever. Ten years. You are longer. on the pulse. Well, you guys are on the pulse. You guys are like, I mean, you guys are gold AF when it comes to the audio space. Really, I'm I so could say impressed. the same thing about you. Well, thanks. You're gold AF. I mean, I went on your podcast. You guys have to listen. Yes. Taste of Taylor. It was so good. It was so good. It was so easy to podcast with you. Like, incredible. You're so inspiring. I mean, thank you. That's something that your story is inspiring. My story is inspiring, but I'm like a curmudgeon. Are you guys? Are you guys having a moment? (laughs) Yeah, Michael. I know. You want our lesbians scary to husbands? Do you want to sleep in our hotel in Miami? Listen, (laughs) everything is scary to husbands. I think. Listen, it is. I'm. I'm. I'm on. I'm just on the roller coaster of life. We'll see what happens. You never know. It's always a plot twist. I never thought I'd be doing this. Why? Wait. Because I just didn't think I'd be doing this. Thing. Audio? You love to talk. I do love to talk. So. <laughs> so, I take I, it back. I didn't know I was going to do this. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I didn't. So I'm interested in how you podcast, not podcast, how you did audio live for four hours every morning. I want to like really be walked through this because I'm always talking about how I have a certain energy thermometer and I you, you have to choose where you're going to allocate the energy. Yeah. What, how did you do that? I think so. I started working. So yeah, the show was for four hours, all talk, no music for like probably two or three years. Then they moved us to three hours. But like I was, I mean, I, I've only recently moved in the last year and a half to two hours. So I've done three to four hours of talk radio, like my entire career. Um, was this like segments built in guests coming in? Like, what do you, we had that we did, but I mean, if I'm, I I would like to lie and be like, Oh, the producers did everything, but I literally self-produced. I mean, it was, I mean, eventually I got some good producers, but for the long haul, I was producing everything. I, it was my first real job out of college. I worked for like six months in advertising, but then I got this job like almost immediately after, I mean, yeah, I, I, I graduated from college. So I didn't know better. Do you know what I mean? Like I was learning radio as I went. And I think I was just so young that it was like, I was absorbing everything in a sponge. And it was just like, I'm very obedient too. So it's like, do this. So I was just like, I have to do it. So I just had to figure out a way to muster through. Now is this serious and Cosmo at the same time? Combined. Okay. Yeah. And I was also was, I adored the editor in chief of Cosmo magazine at the time, Kate White. And I wanted to impress her. So I was like motivated just by like, Love me, love me, love me. And they're major, huge brands. Huge. Too. And also, like, Howard does, like, you know, four or five hours. Sometimes he went on for six if he was so inspired. So to having that in the back of my head was like, you can do this. But it really was, like, now in retrospect, it was like, I don't know how I did it. I really don't. It's like an out-of-body experience. It's like it's like marathoning for talk. It's crazy. I also had a really great co-host, this guy named Kenny Zimlinghouse, and we were fantastic partners together. So I could not have done that without him. I don't know. I guess I just, I also grew up performing. So to be back in the performing space was just so exciting to me that I didn't really, I think that it was like, yeah, memorizing lines for a play is also really scary and hard for like an hour and a half play or two hour play. So in my mind, I was like, well, I guess kind of like get to shoot this shit. And it's like, but there were days where it was like, oh, we are, this is one more hour and we are going to get through this together. Like, like counting down the minutes. What do you do when you have one more hour left in your life and you have to just keep talking? You start talking about really embarrassing things that you immediately yeah. regret the second you get off the microphone. That's what happens. You actually really regret it when you got off the mic? Oh my God. I was, so I have this made up word called bathos. It's like, it's like that awkwardness you feel like for yourself or for others. It's like, if, if it were a sound. It's like a pit. It's totally a the pit. To- the toasters I've, call it a pit. Yep. Yep. I've heard you talk about pits too. Yeah. And so it's a total pit. So it's the bathos of it all. And like, I would go home and be in the land of bathopity every single day for hours. It's like, which friend is mad at me? My mom's definitely mad at me. Is my significant other mad at me? Because I had to share my life experiences. And yeah, it was crazy. Which celebrities did I insult today? Hopefully nobody knows. So you had to, along with the four hours, I didn't even think about that. You have like remorse. Oh, daily remorse. The daily bathos. That is so gnarly. (laughs) I know. I mean, four hours to like be just, just reaching. I know. I I, I don't think I could do that. Honestly. I don't think I could do it again. I, I actually don't. We would just be in a lot of trouble. Like we would for <laughs> also sure. Fair. Be, yeah, we would be in a lot of trouble. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Could you curse and everything? Luckily, I had that to fall back on. So I developed a nasty, nasty swearing habit when I was on the air at Sirius. And it, it, what's the prep look like? 
the prep in the beginning was intense because I was learning. So it was like I would like really schedule things out, like like really heavy segments. Yes, yeah, segments with like with like bullet pointed offshoots. Like we could go here, we could go there, we could go there. Like if this doesn't work, then we like have three more to fall back on. So it was like very involved. But like as the years went on, I'm like I have to live my life. I almost quit my radio show to be a club promoter. What do you think about that? That's another plot twist. I think I think I would I think I would have liked to talk to you if you did that and, and learned what that looked like. Yeah, the, right? the, the, your movie's gonna be called Plot Twist. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I really like to just shake things up. What advice do you have for someone that wants to get into the audio space in two thousand is it nineteen or eighteen? <laughs> Well, first, 19, I would. Right? My first piece of advice would be to know the year. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand nineteen. I would say you have to find your brand, which is the most annoying thing in the world to say because it took me so long to find my brand. But like, that's the point: is you have to come in with intention and find your brand. But you can give yourself the space to find your brand within just exercising through. Like, just do. I would say number one: first of all, buy podcast equipment. It's not that expensive and it's really good. Number two, like get a Zoom. Number two, just do it. Do it, work it through, uh, trial and error, see what you like, see what you don't like. And number three is you have to be unapologetically authentic and you have to, you, you just have to tell everything from your truth. That doesn't mean it's the truth, but it's your truth. Because the times when I really re- had regrets on the radio was when I was speaking somebody else's truth. And then when you will always get, criticism, no matter what. But at least if you're coming from an authentic and honest place, at least you know that that's who you are. So people are judging you based upon who you are. The worst thing is to be judged for being something that you aren't at all, like being like a fraud. So I would just say, you just have to kind of find your your honesty. Well, some of the better advice that we've heard. It's yeah. really, really Really? Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really I just good. feel like I just Truthfully. said, I really felt like I just went blah, blah, no, blah, no. blah, truth, truth, honesty. Well, a, lot of, a lot of people don't want, I mean, it the thing is, what you said is so simple, but a lot of people make it a lot more difficult than it needs to be, right? Mm-hmm. They try to emulate someone else. They yep. overthink it. They can't be themselves. They can't tell their truth. And then they're worried about like, oh, if I tell my truth, someone's not going to like it. So I got to do something else. And yep. then they end up in this whole vortex of just doing something the complete, I don't want to say wrong way, but inauthentic way. I hate using the word authentic, but inauthentic way. Mm-hmm. And the problem is when you're doing that, then you have a, there's no way to level set and get back to who you are. Like, I may say a lot of wild shit, Lauren may say a lot of wild shit, but at least people can look and be like, okay, well. They said it, but that's them. And they meant it. Yeah, yeah, they meant it. Guys, let's slow it down. Take a step back. Talk about smart investing. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the markets as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movement so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of the Skinny Confidential, him and her show, a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at skinny.robinhood.com. Again, sign up at skinny.robinhood.com. What do you do when you get audience backlash? I'm sure that's happened to you with live shows. And is there like a a time that you can remember that it happened really bad? And how did you handle that? Yeah. I mean, so sometimes, I mean, and it happened more, like I would say, even like as of the recent last year, because we live in such an, I'm going to say, and I don't mean to be insulting, but overly sensitive, overly PC climate, which especially somebody who's a minority group, I'm in the LGBTQ community, I benefit from oversensitivity. But at the same time- But do you really? Well- See, that's a question. Yes and no. I mean, I do in terms of like being, well- I do in theory, but in practice, that's a totally different thing. Like everybody can say that they support you, but then actions speak louder than words. Um, Here's the problem though. People are reading everything on the surface and they're not looking deep into intention. Precisely. Like I may have a misstep and say something that's insensitive by accident, but if the intention is like in the right place, I think people should give people a pass, right? Everyone's so quick to just say that was the wrong way to say it. Yeah. And you're a blank. Yeah. And And then they throw a label. Yes. It's like, okay, this person made a misstep. And also, we got to get back to this path of forgiveness. Like, you may have said something. Listen, if you, if there was Twitter and Facebook and podcasts that existed when I was 15 oh my God. to 20, 
Oh my God, dude, people would be, what the fuck is this guy doing? Listen, we're holding people to a very high standard now. Yep. It's very sensitive. I get it. There's a lot going on, but there's got to be paths to redemption and there's got to be like, okay, this was said in a time when this person was being irresponsible, mm-hmm. stupid. We've all made mistakes. Let's figure out a way to like level set this and get people in a position where they can, there's forgiveness or yep. there's understanding like that. Like I said, that's why it's important to look into intention and under, and understand where people are coming from, where they're at in their life. Totally. And so- that's again, labels get people in trouble. Totally. Taylor, pull that clip so when I do something wrong, I can play that back to Michael. <laughs> I'm not no, but, fucking kidding. But, but you. That's what, that's, I mean, back to your point of being oversensitive, I'd love to hear your take on it. I, yeah. I think we've gotten to a place where people may have good intention, but they can't express that anymore because they may take a, a misstep and then all of a sudden you're, the, the people are on the attack. So, for example, the last time I got in big trouble with my live show, I was car- talking about Cardi B. And I said, I love her. She's such a, I'm like scared to even say the term because I got in so much trouble for it. Okay. So you know that song that goes blank, 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 hoochie mama. You know what I'm talking about? That song? I don't, I don't. Yeah, like, Taylor, I, play the clip yeah, in a minute. What's the song called? What's the? It's called something, something, hoochie mama. She's a blank, 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 hoochie mama. You know that song? No. So the, the beginning part, should I just Maybe. say it? I'm like scared I'm going to get in trouble again. See, this is how I, I well, you're telling a story. I said, you're recapping. I said, I love Cardi B. She's such a hood rat. Okay. okay. I was repeating something I've heard Cardi B say. So I was like, that I. She and, herself has said that she is a hood rat. Something to the effect of, right. That, or you heard and her also, say when I was growing up in pop culture, I was listening to that a song that said hood rat, hood rat, hoochie mama that I sang along to. It was like an anthem. So I. And there's that old meme where it's like, I just want to do hood rat shit with my friends. You know what I'm talking about? Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I've so seen that. I just said it, whatever. I got such backlash that is racist. You are a racist. And I, you know what? I thought to myself, obviously, I know I'm not a racist, right? And I could get really defensive right now, or I could use this as a teachable moment to spread the word that there are people who feel that that is a racist word. And so let's add it to the lexicon. And as a white woman, I don't get to determine what is and isn't racist. That's how I feel. So I just, I sure. just apologized because I had no ill intent or malicious intent. I, but I did, I said, let me clear my name. I am not this label to label me. That is irresponsible, but I do apologize. And I'm going to take it as a teachable moment and I'll never use that phrase again, except right here now when I'm telling you the story. Well, problem is two people pull sound bites, right? They don't right. hear the context around everything. I call it half listening and it's happened for a very long time. I think now because of the technology that we have, you're able to literally pull it and then make that somebody's entire image and likeness. But back in like before, like there was any digital and radio, it was just live or you missed it. I got a lot of people that like would fight with me over like whatever Facebook messenger or whatever. And they'd be like, I can't believe you said this, 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 and this. I totally disagree with you. And I would be like, you literally just used the argument that I used against me. Like we are in agreement, but that's the thing is people half listen. They really, you know, you know it's interesting. I won't say who, cause I can't, but we interviewed some, somebody in the past on this show when they came on, they had their, their phone uh-huh. and they had it recording and uh-huh. they had like someone listening on the other end. And I found it so interesting. And the reason they did it, we found out later, is that people are so guarded now and so worried that someone's going to pull a soundbite that they wanted to be protected and make sure they had the full audio so that if that ever happened and something was taken out of context, they could come back and say, no, here's the full audio. Totally understandable. That's smart. But it's that is smart. It's understandable and it's smart, but it's also sad that we live in a time where people are doing that and they take. You know, like I could very easily see someone pulling a clip and just saying, like, this is what this person did. This is what they said. And so, like, we. It's just, it's a dangerous time. It's an interesting time. But um, I also think it's a freeing time because you have all this technology, like you said, live, something pulled out of context. You can't, you don't have a rebuttal. Now you have plenty of rebuttal. You say, this exists. Here's the full, like. I have a question about celebrities. Who's the best and worst that you've interviewed? I feel like you've interviewed a lot because you were at Sirius, right? I interviewed a ton. Yeah. My best, you know, it's so sad. This, This says more about me than anything else. I can tell you all the bad and I can't remember any of the good. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, who's the best? Oh, God. I don't know. Okay. Let me start with worst because that's like right at the the top of mind. People really want to know that anyway. Justin Bieber. Was the worst? I got in so much trouble. I thought I was going to get fired that day. It just happened to get fired like five years later. But, um, and probably a little bit because of Justin Bieber. He was just, and it wasn't even his fault. It was his people. He's so micromanaged and overprotected. He, I, we, I was just trying to joke around with him and he was not having it. And I was like, I'm an adult married woman at the time. I'm not going to like fawn all over this child. That's like pedophilia, you know? Like he's a teenager. I'm not going to like, like Justin Bieber fan out. And so I wanted to, I wanted to take more of like a Chelsea 
Handler approach, like teasing him and like, come on, like, why are you Forbes third most uh, whatever influential person in the world? And he just said, he was like, it's all about the music, ma. Like he just had such ridiculous answers. And I started to realize this is like, I honestly feel like I I went in with an agenda and I thought he would play along and he just like wasn't at a place in his life to play along. He was in that phase where he was, I was a little boy singer, like this like child prodigy. And now I'm a, I'm a big man and you know, I'm tatted up and I'm like, I'm like, he was trying so hard to bridge the gap between child star and like adult entity. And actually that is a very hard bridge to, to, to cross. So I understand them being super overprotective, but it was just a disaster of an interview. And I wasn't allowed to take a picture after the interview. And it was like, so uncomfortable talking about bathos. And he like came over and hugged me in the middle of it to like calm me down. It was really uncomfortable and hands down the worst interview I ever did. But you know what those type, we've been in situations where it's like you get somebody that's doing the PR tour or the press and they make the worst interviews because they're there to push us. They're pushing an agenda. They don't want to have a real conversation. Like, I mean, the the beauty about doing this type of stuff now is you can kind of bow out of that kind of stuff. I always think people run into trouble when they get stuck on those like PR tour band. Hey, my new book's coming out. Here I come. Or hey, I'm launching a movie. I was like, oh fuck, here comes this conversation again. Like boring. I also think it's important to do the interviews in person. I found that over Skype sometimes things get you like it's better to like feel the energy and be in studio totally we let your manager sit in the room because he's cool yeah but a lot of times we're like, no, 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 really? No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah but he has like, good energy, doesn't like he? Great energy. Very chill. He has very, very chill energy. I know. He's so chill. Are you single? Not anymore. <laughs> recently, he recently is not single. You're recently not single. Mm-hmm. Somebody shows up and they're like, "Hey, I'm an entrepreneur. And I own a business, and like, here's my 17 PR people." I'm like, "Cool." But, but, but how do you? I don't have that. The more PR you have, the bigger dick you are. Yeah, it's right? true. Really, I think so. When so when celebrities would show up to do an interview with you and they had 500 people, uh, the bigger the entourage, the, the worse the interview is going to be. Here's what I want to ask these people: like, my person's going to sit. There, like, what, what do you think that's going to stop me from doing? You think I'm going to not ask a question because there's somebody sitting in the corner? No, Literally. I'm going to do whatever I want. I mean, listen, respect your team, but like, I'm not stopping because someone else is looking at me. So if they want to sit there and watch me ask you uncomfortable questions, right? be my guest. Ramona Singer's publicist from Bravo literally tried to like lunge across and cover my mouth. And I was like, get out of here. Why? What were you asking? I don't even remember. It was like so innocuous at the time. You know, it was like something like so stupid about Bethany. And what's the worst housewife? The worst housewife is Bethany Frankel. Hands down. She is not appreciative, in my opinion, of her fans. And there is nothing less like tolerable than that when you are in the world that we're in. Like, thank God. (laughs) She's awesome. I think she's great. Who do you think has done a good job in the audio space right now? Like just your expert opinion. Good job in the audio space. Uh, obviously you. Me, you guys. I would have to say Stassi Schroeder because I remember I met Stassi through interviewing her at Sirius. That is the first time I met her. And I was ready to go in on her ass because she it was season one Stassi and she was like reminding me of all the mean girls that I grew up with. And she totally disarmed me because she walked in the studio and she was like, I love your radio show. And I was like, you listen? And from that, I mean, I'm a pretty... Maybe we got to talk to her sometime because I've seen, you know, like Jax was just in here with Jackie uh-huh. and I saw Kristen in here. So I see a lot of the people that are on that show come in and it's funny because I met you. Like we've met a lot of people that have mutual friends, but we've just never, I don't know if we've ever had any interaction. Have we? Probably yeah, not. at Weston's party a long time ago, but this is before Vanderpump. I heard that Jax apparently is extremely attractive in person from all the girls in the office. I... We'll plead the fifth on that. But I'm a lesbian. I saw him. He's a pretty, he's a, he's a <laughs> handsome man. I'm pulling lesbian card. I saw him. He was a handsome I man. I am not a, attracted to Jax, but I know a lot about him. So I've learned a lot about him over the years, being friends with Stassi. And actually, I think Stassi's more forgiving towards him than I even am. But uh, yeah, he's not, he's like, whatever. Yeah, me. don't, I mean, listen, I respect, I give respect where it's <laughs> like, don't sleep on that crew. They're, they're making shit happen. People I think that they should run this country. Well, <laughs> Talk about forgiveness. I uh, think oh my they're God. the modern day celebrities. I agree. Like, I think that that the attention has changed. We talked about this earlier. It's like, where is the attention going? And I think that they're like the modern day, you know, uh, I know this sounds crazy. Brad and Angelina, like the, the, the celebrity is totally. going in a different direction. It's not what it used to be. And people used to always be like, oh, reality, reality. I mean, to answer like my best, I would have to say most reality TV stars are the best interview. Yeah. Because they're just like kind of, they're themselves, they're yes. used to it, they're used to the camera on them, that makes sense. Well, a lot yep. of traditional like celebrities, if they're called out, or traditional they have a difficult time transitioning because you build a career on curation, right? Yep. Like you've curated this image, this look, this like, 
you know, and, and then you have to kind of, now everyone's like really peeling it back and being a lot more raw and real. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, shit, how do I, how do I do this? going to fuck up my whole image. And so it's, it's, I, under, I empathize with it, but I it's do difficult. Too. For people that are being raw and real now, you're probably like, bitch, I was fucking raw and real for four hours a day, uh, five days a week. That probably drives you. You know what? I actually didn't think about it. And I was recently home with my little brother. He went to Harvard. So he's the smartest person in the world to me. And he was like, wow, all these people are doing what you started doing, but better. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And so, yeah, recently, recently I was like, what the, I I invented this. Uh, And pioneers always get left behind. No, you're you're doing a great job. Thank you. Amazing. You You guys, her her podcast is insane. Thank you. But no, I definitely do have like, yeah, there's like, oh shit, I kind of, I did invent this shit. What's the future of audio? What do you think coming up? In the next five, ten years. You guys? Whoa. Well, thanks. You're welcome. I really do. Does everybody I mean, want, everyone want to see us in their future? I don't know. You guys know what you're doing. I mean, I, I've worked with, you Well, know, let's not go that far. I don't know if we know <laughs> what we're doing. Well, then you're making really good gut instinct decisions. No, I really, I think that podcasting is the future, for sure. I know we talked about this when I had you on my podcast. I don't know if I think radio is going to die. I think terrestrial radio might. I think satellite radio... Probably will too. Um, actually, scratch that. Terrestrial will always be around because it's just it's just the, the oldest form of entertainment, literally. Satellite might go out, but I think podcasting is here to stay. And I hope and believe that we are at like just beginning to scratch the surface. What and I think there's so much more. What I think go. will happen in audio is it's just going to like everybody is going to move to the on-demand model, right? You like listening to Spotify. You want to turn yes. on the song you want to listen to. You want to listen to your podcast. You want to listen to the podcast you want to listen to. You want to be able to fast forward. You want to be able to go back, like. I think that I think audio will always be massive, mm-hmm. but I think people have gotten to a place now where they want it when they want it and how they want it. Totally. And um, the the difficulty with terrestrial Sirius sometimes, and I, I know Sirius has the app now, but the difficulty is you're kind of you have to catch up or listen like when it's playing, and it's the same thing with TV and DVR. Totally. Like, you know, you don't watch nobody who watches live TV. I mean, maybe the news. But I can't tell you the last time. Yeah, you Netflix, you, you you DVR your Game of Thrones. You watch it on your time. You don't watch it like, oh, it's Game of Thrones starting at eight o'clock. I need to tune in. I want to ask you the most important question of all before we wrap it up. Have you met Howard Stern? Yes. <gasps> um, I what, saw where, him. Where, when, who, why? Okay, so Howard Stern is. You know what's so crazy is I gave all this advice on being authentic and true to you and all that stuff. But actually, Howard Stern is completely the opposite person than his his on-air persona. But I don't believe that he's faking it. I think he has an on-air persona and like a private life persona. Here's what I think. I think that you have the thermometer of energy and you have to save that for he has to save that for his show. So when he's off, he's preserving his energy. I notice that when I'm off offline, off Instagram story, I'm noticing that I'm becoming more of an introvert and more quiet yep. because I feel like I need to save that part of myself for, for what I do. Yep. So that's, totally. I don't, I think he's, you're totally right. He is completely authentic, but in person, he's probably very different because he's, he's saving sweet. his energy. He's so sweet in person. I, so I, I saw him in the hallways a bunch. They knew about our show. Cause it was like Cosmo magazine, like the sex Bible to women. So obviously the Howard Stern show is going to want to get up in that, you know, but I met, met him at the red carpet for Sex and the City 2, the movie. And I was standing right next to Lisa G, who was like his news girl forever. So yep. he came over to Lisa and did like an interview and Beth was with him, his wife. And, and she's stunning. Stunning. Yeah. And sweet. And she listened to Cosmo Radio. And she was like, I love your show. And I was like, thank you. And then Howard came over and he said, really, I have to say, she loves your show. You're doing a really great job. Like, pff, like impressed. And I was like, Thank you. We didn't have Instagram story then. No, we did not. The next day he went on the air. That's the highest praise you could get. The next day he went on the air on his radio show and he was like, yeah, I was at a stupid premiere with my wife, Sex and City 2. I popped by, saw Lisa G. And then there was this annoying girl next to her from Cosmo Radio. I don't know who she is. And I was like, you fucking dickhead. So that's my Howard Stern story. I think it's his shtick. It is just it's his check. Yeah. You know, I, totally. Well, yeah. Taylor, we have gone a lot of places. I know. A lot of places that I wasn't expecting to go. I'm uh, sure Laura uh, wasn't either. Before you go, recommend a book, a podcast, a resource to our audience. Why are you going all fast now? <laughs> a book, a podcast, a what? A resource. A, could be anything. Okay. A book? Ah! I don't read. Okay. Oh a podcast. God. A podcast. Besides Taste of your Taylor. Own. Besides your own. <laughs> um, besides my own and besides you guys, 
I have to admit, I'm not, I'm a really bad podcast community member. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I feel like I get scared I'm going to mimic without realizing and fuck my shit up. Um, That's fine. But I would, I guess I would have to say, oh, there was some, there was one that somebody recommended me. I'm going to actually recommend it without having even listened to it. It's like the new serial. (laughs) And it's like by the people that did Dirty John. Good luck finding it. <laughs> I like that. It's a wishy-washy situation. Unless yeah. it's on Dear Media. Where can everyone yeah, right? Yeah. I recommend Bitch Bible. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Yeah, Jackie, go, Jackie Schimmel. Yeah. Jackie Schimmel. And then, I mean, book? I'm, I'm, I know. I, I have to commit. I have to do something good. It could be a resource. It could I'm, be just something you like. TV show. I'm like, what's a resource? Like, uh, what is a resource? Like? You know what? We <laughs> a little hungover. You know what? We could just, we could just wrap it up. Okay, okay, good. Okay. Pimp yourself out. Okay. to handle your your Facebook group, everything. Okay, so... Oh, Facebook groups. There's a bunch. Okay, so Facebook. There's a Facebook group. Well, first and foremost, I have a fan page on Facebook. It's just called Taylor Strecker, right? (laughs) Then there's some fan pages. Uh, Strecker Nation is like a great fan page, super involved. And it's also like a community where people not only talk about the shows I do, but they also... They build friendships on their own and they help each other out. So it's really... That's a nice place. And also, there's a Facebook group called... Taylor's Toasters. So the morning toast and I have like a lot of overlap and I love the toaster girls. I love, I love Claudia. I love Jackie and I love their audience. And so I love the toasters too. They're so awesome. Those girls have done a really good job. They really have. They're so awesome. Oh yeah. Fuck. Listen to morning toast. Yeah. And so Taylor's Toasters are morning toasters who are also fans of my show. Uh, we Taste need a group that's called Taylor's, uh, Taylor's Skinny Toasters. I know. I like that. <laughs> I'm here for it. And then definitely listen to my podcast, Taste of Taylor. New episodes out pretty much like every Thursday. We try to hit Thursday. And yeah, I talk to tastemakers, influencers, celebrities, Bravo celebrities. And it's like an interview podcast. It's very good, you guys. It's so fun. I had you on it, Lauren. It was so much fun. Well, and you're a natural OG on the mic, so. You are. Thank you. And then I also have a radio show. It's daily and it's subscription-based. You can go to taylorstrecker.com to subscribe. And your Insta handle. At Taylor Strecker. Please follow me. (laughs) I don't know if we've ever had the name Taylor said in this show more ever. Between me, my girlfriend, Taylor, Taylor, the the one minute man. All right. That's a wrap. A lot of DMs about the Skinny Confidential new sparkly pop sockets. They're not for sale, guys. They're just my business card. They're fun. They're flirty. They're cute. And they look chic AF on your phone. If you want one, tell me your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram. And the TSC team will drop into your inbox and send a few of you them. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please also make sure that you've rated and reviewed the podcast. And guys, if this podcast has brought you any kind of value in any way, shape, or form, please make sure you've rated, reviewed, and subscribed on iTunes. It's so easy. It takes like one second. And with that, we will see you next week. 